0: You know, ever since I started the show, I've uh, I've gotten questions all the time about who to bet on, who do I bet with. Obviously, we're a sports podcast, but uh, I don't always know who's going to win. But I do know where you should bet, and I think you should know this by now. If you've listened to the show, the answer is my bookie. Between their live in-game betting, their endless props, their fantasy sports wagers, there's something there for everybody. Uh, with the best player perks in the sportsbook business—they've been good to us, and we know they'll be good to you. So, hooking our listeners up all month. Visit mybookie.ag, use promo code SHARKS, S H A R K S, to new code, guys. So make a note of that when creating your account and claim your 50% uh, bonus. So, if you're laying down $100, that means you got an extra $50 to play with now. Uh, it's a great deal, guys. I know I've talked in past ads about all the different stuff on there. From you know Game of Thrones esports, obviously NBA playoffs are going on, NHL playoffs. Uh, so check all that stuff out. So just remember, head on over to mybookie myb o o k i e dot a g promo code sharks. You play, you win, you get paid. It's that simple. All right, so I got another sponsor to talk to you about this uh, this week, guys. Um, our newest friends from SeatGeek uh, let them take the confusion out of your ticket buying experience instead of shopping for dozens of different online sites trying to find the best deal let SeatGeek do the work for you their app scans the web for the best deals for your favorite game concert show and rates them on a scale of 0 to 10 to let you know if you're getting the best bang for your buck a green dot marks great deals yellow dot means good deals and a red dot not so good so, go over to SeatGeek, use promo code ACAA at checkout, receive $20 off your first purchase. That's two free beers at the stadium on them. So, what are you waiting for? Uh, again, that's promo code ACAA, $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. All right, guys, let's get on to the show. Welcome to Land Sharks After Dark. your weekly dispatch from the dystopian reality that is Ole Miss athletics. I'm your host Justin Sanders. Back after a little short uh, one week hiatus, I got my co-host John Stefancic, with me. How you doing, buddy? What's up?
1: I'm doing good. Although I did not attend a wedding or get engaged in the past 14 days, so I'm you're in the minority
0: that. on that on that front. It seems. So
1: we'll kick it off. First of all, congrats to you
0: and Angie. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Uh, we uh, one of the reasons we didn't have an episode last week uh, in Cancun with my uh, now fiance having a great time. I was just telling John off the air about uh, how badass these all inclusive resorts in Cancun are. Just to bring the listener up to speed a little bit, uh, we got a deal. It's not it, so. First of all, in the Cancun hotel zone, there's like 40 different hotels from like every hotel brand we've ever heard of, and then a bunch of other resorts that are. Less well-known, we were at one of the less well-known ones, got a great deal, I was telling John about how affordable it was, and uh, all our food and drinks were included, beautiful beaches, uh, had a really nice room, it's a really great time, wonderful vacation, um, like John said, yeah, we're we're engaged now, so I've talked on the show in the past about uh, how we're moving to Houston in the near future here, so uh, yeah, things are moving right along, uh, be getting married um, probably sometime in 2020, so we'll keep you posted. Uh, yeah, sorry, John. Thoughts and prayers to you for not, like you said, attending a wedding or getting engaged. It's been a very active uh, social front for the listeners of the podcast. A lot of them. Um, yeah, I, I kind of felt
1: like something was up because you didn't even text me about coordinating the show last week. I go, "Hey, he's busy." I go, Tip- cause typically, <laughs> typically, there's at least a yeah. Screw it. We're too busy this week. Or hey, yeah. This-
0: and I could have, too, because another thing that was great about the resort was we had, like, great Wi-Fi. Even on the beach, we had, like, great Wi-Fi. So, yeah, I could have. I think what happened was so we we left Sunday morning, drove to Dallas, got a direct flight out of Dallas, um, got in Sunday evening, just enjoyed the restaurant a little bit, um, went to the hot tub briefly, uh, you know, it, it, it kind of checked out the whole, like, are oh, the drinks really free, huh? That kind of, you know, that kind of experience um monday came around first full day get up go have breakfast um go hang out on the beach you know the day just gets away from you when you're on like a a beach vacation it's monday evening i'm thinking well this is normally when me and john might talk about recording the podcast but he's not saying anything i i don't care and then monday night is when i proposed uh and so honestly you know not that i wasn't thinking of you thinking of the podcast and our listeners but uh i just figured Uh, out i'd wait
1: Important things to think
0: about. I'd wait and see uh, if you said anything, and if not, I, we would have an unspoken agreement. And I think I told you guys maybe the next day or the day after that, so I'm sure you eventually pieced it all together that, uh, yeah, I, I technically could have recorded in Cancun, but, hey, why? What's the big deal? Although, uh, in addition to all these uh, going-ons in our personal lives, there there has been a lot going on for Old Miss baseball, 5-2 um, and two, since the A&M series. is sweep uh, a pretty good A&M team, at least a team that can really pitch it. Um, lose to Southern Miss and Hattiesburg. That's to be expected with this team, I think. Uh, and then John, Nostra John Miss over here. Uh, you had a big prediction come true, buddy.
1: Well, after effing up the Kentucky prediction, we had to, you know. Well, it helps, yep. it
0: helps when we split. When I say one thing's going to happen, you say the other thing, and then at least one of us is definitely right. That's what happened in that
1: situation. Did you watch any of the – the end of uh, game three. Okay, so game three. So let's let's get into it. We got
0: the we, we got the engagement out of the way for now. We don't have to. We, let's get into Ole Miss baseball. Like I'm saying, John got prediction right. First time since 1982, Ole Miss wins a series in Baton Rouge, Alex Box Stadium. But uh, it wasn't easy. I think it's safe to say that game three. I mean, obviously, nobody gives a shit about college baseball. And that was confirmed when uh, ESPN dropped the game in the ninth inning to ESPN Two, I should say, to pick up Sunday Night Baseball. No warning if you were watching it on the app; you didn't even like it, it. Even ended on the app for like a few uh, at bats there, but whatever. If people cared about college baseball at all, you'd have to think that's one of the craziest games of the season so far. So we're talking about a 19 to 15 final score that almost doesn't even belie how crazy it was because Ole Miss and Parker Caracci. He's been very good this season after some early struggles. You gave up like a uh, a walk off home run to Tulane, but uh, he, he's been he's been pretty good. Um, didn't give up an earned run for a long time in the SEC season, but he uh, he he has a little blow up. I think it's safe to say two outs in the ninth inning, nobody on base, six run lead in a very high scoring Sunday SEC game, and uh, he he gives up six runs with two outs. I mean, have you ever seen anything like that?
1: The only thing – I mean, it, it was kind of like – was it 2015 where they mm. s- completed a sweep of state at They're, home when it was – Was 10. that where they
0: hit the little Linick hit a Grand Slam or something? Is that
1: right? Uh, I feel like it might have been Auburn or maybe it was a three-run home run. There, was, some, was, there
0: was somebody where – it was a home game. It was graduation weekend, I remember, because I, we were eating – I was eating at the ravine with my family – so I don't, maybe it wasn't my, maybe it was my sister's graduation. No, it wasn't my sister's graduation. I don't know who's, maybe it was, maybe it was my sister's was undergrad state graduation.
1: and State, they scored five runs with uh, two outs to, because um, that was. Yeah, was the, I'm pretty uh, positive
0: it was my sister's undergrad graduation. So it would have been they were, 2016.
1: They were pitching Weathersby as a starter on Sunday. So try to somehow Pete, because remember they. Yeah, this is a
0: different game than what I'm talking about, but go on.
1: They were trying to get over 500 to get in the tournament because their RPI and like they had enough quality wins to to get there, but they had lost a bunch of anyway. They kind of, I mean, that was the closest thing. But it what was crazy about yesterday was it happened so damn fast. It was like yeah. okay, three back to
0: back homers.
1: Hit homer, okay, this is cute. Homer, oh shit, like you uh, may want to get crazy. Homer, and they were all like, it was literally like you could have sworn they were all it was three it, of the same homer to right it was just. it
0: was it was the exact same homer it was insane um
1: then you're thinking they just blew this yeah it was
0: totally waom moment of course like everyone on twitter just melting down how do you come back from that
1: and uh down sideways They like go win two in fayetteville they lose north alabama it's like they're, they're about to implode
0: yeah, I was it's saying I was telling people runs, what, after this the season is over. Like after they blow a six run lead in Baton Rouge to keep the curse intact, they're they're not coming back from this.
1: I mean, it felt like that was literally going to be you know, it was going to break the team. Yeah, it did. I did score four, four runs in the top of the tenth because you know I don't know. I guess they. I mean, the score four runs in the top of the tenth and Roth comes in and gets a uh, you know he gave up a couple base runs but gets the save. Um, they walk out Maneri interesting after the game was saying he thought it was kind of devastating for LSU to put all that effort into coming back and then not getting the win. So, yeah,
0: I mean, I I could see that. And and also like LSU pitching this year is suspect. I mean, we, we talked about, I don't know if we did talk about it last week, but I've been talking, I talked before the season, the series about how they don't have a single lefty on the staff. Uh, you know, how does that happen to a program like LSU? They also have a lot of injuries. I know. Um, but I mean, they really got exposed in that Sunday game. Obviously Sundays in the sec are crazy, but 19 runs is far from typical in any sec game. That was, that was pretty rough for their, for obviously Ole Miss gave up 15, but it does kind of feel like a lot of those runs don't necessarily happen in the closer game. I mean, Ole Miss is doing stuff like leaving Hoagland, you leave Hoagland in when you have the big, like Tim one lead, because you know, you don't, you don't want to go too early to anybody else. And something about getting up as big as Ole Miss did early is, you know, you have to kind of prevent the comeback so many different times, especially in an environment like that. Obviously, LSU had a huge crowd there. The funny thing is a lot of them left after the first or second out in the ninth inning and weren't there for the 10th inning. Um, but another thing I want to say about that, that the huge comeback, I mean, probably the biggest half inning of the year Um uh, there in the, in the top of the 10th was my boy, Josh Hall, future leadoff hitter, future center fielder, freshman we talked about him on the show in the past. He holds the high school record for stolen bases, uh, not known for his, for his bat really at all this season. As of yet, uh, he comes through with a huge two RBI single, uh, with no outs and the bases loaded, just absolutely massive, um, spot for him to show up in that game. Uh, he had come in as like a defensive replacement, so that video can move to second base, and uh, it's it's just huge um, to get that out of a, out of a guy like Hall. We're not really expecting it in a spot like that. Um, it, it's really a gritty win, and I mean, you could talk about the, you know Crazy blown it or whatever, but at the end of the day, you know they won the game, and it's still funny that people were so mad about Bianco even after the win. It's like, yeah, I mean, the blown save sucks, but his team still got the win. I think you have to tip your cap to not them not rolling over that situation. They pick Crazy up. Um, it just it's impressive. It, it, it's a it's a it's a crazy series. I think when you go as long as you do without winning, there. I think it was ten series in a row in Baton Rouge they had lost. You know, of course that's going to be the way that you finally get the get the win. It's just crazy. Um, earlier in the series, they they lose a game on Friday night. Etheridge is is far from his best, but. It really still should have been like a five three game going into the eighth or ninth inning, I forget which one, but Olenek, um he moves to third base after some uh some defensive shuffling. I think Keenan got on and then they maybe put Hall on the run for Keenan and then uh and then did a double switch so that Hall would go out in the outfield and then Olenek would come into uh the third base, if I recall, which makes sense. Olenek was a shortstop in high school, um, but Olenek is playing third base. He overruns a pop up foul ball. Uh, the next at bat, I think, is a two or three run homer, and then of course the big story from Friday night: uh, Bianco's son is it is it Drew? Is that his name?
1: Yep, Drew Bianco. Yeah,
0: he just destroys uh, a ball off of was that Austin Miller, I think, uh, and uh, does just, like a big flashy bat flip. Uh, there's that clip of him coming around third base and Bianco, the coach, just kind of staring lasers through him. Pretty funny moment. Um, that was one of the big stories that night, but I think Ole Miss loses like 8-3, to three, maybe 7-3. to three, I don't recall exactly, but basically my point is it felt like a big win for LSU if you were kind of not paying that much attention to the game. But overall, for me watching it, I thought that LSU looked very beatable in that game. Um, and I really said at the time, I-, I thought Ole Miss would come back and win on Saturday um, everybody was talking about how LSU really struggles with lefties, and we all know what Doug Nikhazy has been doing in that Game 2 role. He's really kind of the story of the season uh, when it comes to pitchers. Um, without Nikhazy, I, th- th- this team wouldn't be anywhere close to where they are right now, which is 15-9 and nine in the SEC, uh, number 17 RPI. He, he's just done so much in that Game 2 role. Um, so he comes out. They They get the win. Another big storyline for me personally was I really love this kid, Kevin Graham. Uh, he's a freshman, started out playing. He's a lefty he batter, started out playing some DH. He's now taken over on first base, where he's overall really done a great job. Um, Zabowski was kind of struggling at first base defensively, uh, whereas Zabowski, Zabowski's bat has been so hot. He's Ole his second-best player in the SEC play. Uh, he and Greg Kessinger are like two of the top four, I think, in SEC offensive numbers in the whole conference. Um, so Zabowski slides down the DH. Graham's playing first base, but he's still he's a true freshman. Friday night. Makes a, a real embarrassing error of a play. I don't know if you saw this, John, but it was kinda going viral on social media. A lot of people were talking about it. He gets a ground ball, flips it to uh to Etheridge, um, when he's he's the one that should be stepping on the bag. It's just a total like, you know, Keystone Cops moment. Embarrassing for Graham. I don't think it actually mattered in the long run. I don't think that run even scored. They got to first base there. Um, but it, it was a it was a rough moment for the freshman. He comes back on Saturday, hits a home run, hits another home run on Sunday. I'm um, really impressed with this kid. I think he has seven home runs right now. I was looking at some stats earlier today, John. Um, let's see. So overall, um, Kevin Graham sitting at a, a very respectable 850 OPS for a freshman. Check his conference stats real quick. Uh, down Drops down to six, uh, 692 in conference. But that overall OPS of 850, I, I wanted to compare that to some other freshman power hitters we've had. Went back to uh, 2014 and Colby Bortles. Right. And uh, let's see, I got it right here. Colby Bortles freshman OPS was 783. So I think Graham has a very bright future. Definitely going to be starting next year. He maybe is not the breakout that Tyler Keenan was last year, but still, I'm impressed with him. I think he's playing really well for a freshman um yeah he was that that was kind of a big story for me I was happy to see that redemption for him in uh games two and three just just a massive series setting up setting up six insanely big SEC games down the stretch here especially this weekend coming up
1: for, this team's had its up and downs for sure the first yeah we're we, we looking at 24 games SEC play mm-hmm. they've had some highs that can compete with anybody nationally they've had some program historical O's if you look at North Alabama and if you kind of look at the totality of this you got Dillard Kessinger and a handful of others that came in as part of the number one recruit, recruiting right. class a couple years ago um Cooper
2: Johnson didn't, obviously
1: didn't, Cooper Johnson didn't make the tournament their first year because all the youth um so that was 17 18 have a number four national seed uh mm-hmm. huh blowing and going when the SEC uh, tournament
0: peak too early you would I think it's safe to say
1: um well I don't know if they peaked too early as much as they had one disastrous Monday in Oxford yeah I, mean, I
0: think that's a big part of it too yeah
1: Tennessee Tech <laughs> runs them out of their own building essentially so there's that portion of I mean so you know you have this you know Tennessee Tech beating a team that had what seven players drafted in the top 20 rounds or something to that effect, number one class. I mean, a lot of just makes no sense, a huge underachievement. This year's been, um, like we, like we mentioned, it's been up and down, but bottom line is this. They, they control their destiny to host at this point. Mm-hmm. They um, national seed probably requires them catching Pandora's box. I don't and even
0: think it's not, they don't need a national seed anyway. Just, just
1: honestly, it's, going
0: from like you said the lows they've had and becoming a host, I think is would do huge a huge uh, something for their confidence. I would say.
1: I think it'd be interesting to watch them if they can if they can win two out of three against state at home, which is going to be tough. But obviously, this team seems to have with when they really need. To lock in and make something happen they tend to do it and it, seems, it almost seems like they've been just kind of in, in some ways maybe even it's not in, I don't think it's intentional as much as somewhat subconscious, subconscious been waiting for May June to roll around to say okay we're going to get going and we're going to make a run that, in the postseason that kind of solidifies and let us live up to our potential after all the, you know all the talent they've had all the hype over the years et cetera hosting a regional and if they could win a regional it would kind of get them over i mean especially you got a lot of local kids on this team it'd be kind of a good way to end it and then you go take your chances in a super and see what happens
0: yeah i think that's that's definitely the way to look at it um and and this we're about to talk about the series with state this weekend this is it's this lsu series they just played biggest series of the season by far uh and it gets tops the top this weekend i'd say for sure Against a state team that beat them pretty good in peril, of the Governor's Cup. But really, that game means so much less than this game we have coming up right now. Um, Ole Miss and State both sitting at fifteen and nine in the SEC. I was looking at Warren Nolan right now. Uh, I believe if my math is correct, and just scanning this, the only two teams to have played thirty quadrant one games, Mississippi State and Ole Miss. State is twenty and ten in those games, and Ole Miss is sixteen and fourteen. Um, so that's an interesting stat right there. Uh, they've they've been really good. I mean, they're number three in the RPR right now, thirty-eight and ten. We talked about it a little bit throughout the season, um, and they have a really good lefty going on Friday night. And Ethan Small, obviously, Ole Miss has struggled with that. Um, although you look back to the Texas A&M series, that's kind of going to have to be their game plan with John Doxaxis and uh, the other A&M lefty starter on Game Two. Basically, they just kind of tried to outlast them and you know run up the pitch count. That's going to have to be about approach at the plate um, and get him out. And then you can go after the bullpen, hopefully. And you're going to need really clean games from Etheridge um, and no errors in the field. Uh, I definitely think Etheridge has to be better in this uh, game one against State than he was uh, in game one against LSU when he was a little shaky. Um, But all that said, I do think if Ole Miss loses to Ethan Small, who, who, by the way, just threw a a near-perfect game against Texas A&M in College Station – I think it was broken up in the seventh or eighth. Um, if they lose that game, I do think Ole Miss is better built to back end the series than State is necessarily because after Ethan Small, they have good arms, but they're more inconsistent. Uh, they have their guy that was taken in the draft first round and came to school JT Ginn on Saturdays. Uh, he is a right-hander. I think Ole Miss can get after him uh, a little bit more probably than they can against Small. Um but I, I think if someone's going to do it, it will probably be uh, Ole Miss. I get back to when the series more than State. I would say a little bit more depth in the mound, maybe a little bit better offense. But I could be wrong. State has a good offense on paper. Some common opponents here. Uh, they beat LSU 6-5, lost 5-10 and 2-11. That was in Starkville. Um, they did take a series off of Auburn. He almost lost to them. They took a series off of Florida but lost a game. Obviously, Ole Miss swept Florida. Um, they got swept by Arkansas, who uh, Ole Miss. You know, you talked about the highs of the season, John. I think backdooring that series was definitely a high. It, so was that? That's this is now two SEC road series that they've uh, they've backdoored at Arkansas and at LSU. That's pretty good. Um, they did sweep Georgia. That's definitely I'd say the biggest feather in uh, in a uh, state's cap. Um, a Georgia team that seemed uh, potentially the real deal, and they I mean they're still good. Um, I got the RPI here. Let's see. Georgia is still. Number six in the RPI right now, Warren Nolan. Um, George is
1: pretty much a lock to host at this point. I think well, Georgia
0: is probably a national seed along with Vanderbilt, uh, along with probably Arkansas and State. I think it's possible that the SC can get all four of those as top eight national seeds um, just because they all four have really good records. Um, but something that's interesting, John, let's look at let's look at how State has played on the road. Um, so they, did, they won that series at Florida, but Florida's shit this year doesn't count. Uh, they lost to LSU at home. They lost a game to Tennessee on the road in that funky series that we talked about. They got swept at Arkansas. They swept Georgia at home and they did just win a series in college station, but it was close. They won that first game four nothing. The second game they lost. Uh the second game it was two seven inning double headers. Talked about that on the show in the past, how those kind of disrupt things. But AM won one zero and then state won four three in the second one. Um so I do feel a little better about having them. Travel to Oxford. It should be uh, obviously a, a raucous crowd. Uh, yeah, I really the key to that game, the key to that series, obviously is Friday. If Ole Miss can find a way to win against Ethan Small, I, I think at that point you almost expect them to win the series. I don't think it's going to be easy. If they lose the Friday night game, um, it's not time to abandon hope necessarily, but it's going to be obviously, obviously it's always an uphill battle to uh, to backdoor series, but. They've done it a couple of times this year. At least they will be at home. I expect Nikhazy. I mean, I frankly expect to win on Saturdays. It's kind of how it feels these days uh, behind Nikhazy. And then um, just like this last series, who knows what's going to happen on Sundays. That's kind of been the uh, the the pattern for a long time in the SEC where Sunday games are just crazy. And this last Sunday in Baton Rouge being maybe the craziest we've ever seen. So huge series. No midweek this uh, This week. After that, they got to take care of business uh, against Arkansas State, I believe i um, not sure. That might be a road game. I'm not sure. And they travel to Knoxville to play Tennessee the last weekend. Really just, you need to win two out of three, but it, it depends somewhat on uh, what happens this weekend. Ideally, Ole Miss needs to win four uh, of their last six in the SEC, whether that's winning both series, or if you only win one off state, you really need to go sweep in Knoxville. That would give them the 19 wins. I think then they can be pretty comfortable about hosting. Uh, they do want to, if, if at all possible, get one of those top four seeds in the SEC tournament. I'm going to pull up the SEC standings right now so we can see how, how that's shaking out. you
1: um, need
0: that? I think they need that so they avoid a potential RPI bomb on Tuesday. I mean, I think you just want the buy. so if you lose, it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Do,
1: uh, what is the RPI of, like, South Carolina and Kentucky right now? Let's you
0: see. Yeah, I got it open right now. Let's see. South Carolina is uh, –
1: I want to yes. be the five-seed in Hoover and lose the first day in GTF. So
0: uh, South Carolina is number 81, but uh, looking at the baseball standings, I don't think South Carolina will be making the tournament. As of now, South Carolina is out. We talked about in the past how since Missouri has a postseason ban, only one other team will be out. It's either going to be Kentucky, South Carolina, or Alabama. Right now, South Carolina is 5-19. and 19. Uh, I think State will definitely sweep them next week. I'm not sure who they have this weekend. Uh, Kentucky is six and 18 and Auburn, or, and Alabama is six and 18 as well. Um, so, but I really, if, if, if I will miss in, in Hoover, I don't want to play Kentucky. I don't want to play Alabama. I don't want to play Auburn. So let's check some of those RPIs. Um, Alabama's at 44, need them to, to hang around in the top 50 for those two wins we have against them. Uh, Kentucky's at 42, same deal. You want them in the top 50 for the, for the one and two weekend against them. So the losses don't hurt as much. Um, but still, I I just Auburn's all the way up at fifteen, so that's that's less of a problem. Uh, Florida maybe and it might be it might be more of a problem. Let's see. I'm just going down the standings here. Florida's at thirty-two. Yeah, I mean you're right. There's not a ton. There's not a ton of bombs in the tournament either way. But I think to feel really good about hosting, you win nineteen, uh, and let's see if you get to nineteen wins. So let's say they take two off the state uh, this weekend. That would make them seventeen and ten. State yep. would be sixteen and eleven, so they move into second place in the West. Arkansas yep. is sitting at seventeen and seven. They have LSU coming in this weekend, so um, that's an interesting, interesting series for sure. I think you want to pull against Arkansas a little bit, but still, no matter what happens, you're probably okay there. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I really, I really think if you win the state series, you're going to finish top two in the West from the looks of it. Um, but I get yeah, because then if State. Sweep South Carolina and you win two out of three at Tennessee, you still get the buy by uh uh because of the tiebreaker over winning the state series. I believe I believe that's how that would work um I think that's only logical so yep. so things are good basically just win I mean like you said they control their destiny just win you wanna um you wanna talk some stats, John? I've been looking at some stats like I mentioned earlier.
1: hear about some stats
0: so looking at some conference stats. Of course, you've been watching almost baseball at all. You've heard about Gray Kessinger. just just insane. You want to you want to take a guess at what Gray Kessinger's uh, OPS and average in the SEC is?
1: Isn't he like pushing twelve hundred or something? Yeah, silly.
0: He's, he's at he's at uh one point one two four right now OPS in the SEC, best conference in the country. Uh, four thirty six average, uh, a a nice little five hundred on base percentage that'll work. And he's also uh, throwing six for seven in stolen bases, so uh, that's not bad. 25 RPIs. I mentioned Cole Zabowski earlier. Uh, he's hitting 340 in the SEC. He himself is uh, 1.048 in the OPS. Very good. 410 on base percentage. Um, this is interesting here. Sir is 409 on base in the SEC. Uh, he's definitely our I think best option at leadoff right now, especially the fact that Olenek is um, kind of injured. He's always a good average, but I think just on the bases you'd much rather have Sir I want to let Olenek bat five and below. Um, Cooper Johnson having really, frankly, an amazing season at the plate, batting 313 in the league, got an 890 OPS, um, really been impressed with him. Like I, He had a monster homer on Friday in Baton Rouge. He has four home runs in the SEC, which is, I mean, I think very good. So now here's the flip side of the coin. Some of your, your stars from earlier in the season, some guys that have been so good in the past, kind of shuffling right now. Ryan Olenek, 277 in the SEC. You know, we all know the story on Olenek. Um, he's a, he's a, he can play anywhere in the field. He's a gritty player, makes some dumb mistakes on the base pass. He makes some good plays in center field. To be fair, he's a free swinger. Um, but then Thomas Dillard, who's kind of, you know, the heart of the lineup and, and not to discount Dillard. I love Dillard. I don't, I don't agree with these people that want to move Dillard down. I think Dillard in the four hole is really great. Uh, he's a switch hitter. He gives a lot of protection to Keenan. Um, he did just have a big walk-off hit against AM and the, in extra innings. Uh, singled up the middle with the bases loaded in a huge spot. Um, but he's hitting 250 to 754 OPS. Um, this is what was kind of crazy to me, John. Dillard has 31 total bases in the SEC. Kessinger has 63. He's more than double Dillard's bases in the SEC. Pretty crazy. Um, but still, Dillard still has a 402 on base percentage in the SEC, which I think is very good. Um, going back to overall stats now. So on your overall OPS, Right now the lineup you have Servideo with a uh, eight eight two three leading off, let's say, and then you go Kessinger nine five two, Keenan is nine five one, and Dillard is nine five two. That's that's a pretty good top four right there. Just an overall production. Really, the thing about this lineup that's crazy is the consistency. C- uh, Cooper Johnson eight six eight, uh, Cole Zabowski nine twenty, Olenek eight six eight, Graham eight fifty. Um, really, all the way through the first eight guys in the lineup, you can pretty much fill out, especially against right-handers. Uh, just some really good statistical hitters. Um, let's see, overall averages, you have one, two, three, four, five, five guys over 300 right now. Dillard at two 290, 295. Johnson at 288. Um, and that that Sunday game against LSU, I think, really raised up a lot of guys' averages. Um, because they were just hitting everything. Although that game was crazy. But I mean, at this point in the season, I think you are who the stats say you are, and uh, we're a pretty good offensive team. Especially Greg Kessinger right now, was just on an insane tear. I believe his uh, on base streak is in the 30s. I want to say, um, he, he's he's just really having a great season. He's he's gonna he's gonna go. I think Kessinger. I think we thought of a while ago was a better prospect than uh, Errol Robinson. Um, I just can't imagine how no, that wouldn't be true, but I don't know. He, he's doing it against, and I think Ben McDonald said this in the LSU Sunday game. Kessinger is producing like this against a lot of guys that are going to be in the big leagues one day on the you know these starting pitchers for the SEC team. So, um, you know, I, I like to say we spoke it into existence. Me and Weston on here ragging on him uh, during the non-conference when he was so struggling so badly. I would say, and he heard us, he heard us loud and clear, and got his ass in gear. So. Big props to Gray. Having an amazing season.
1: Yep. Yeah, no, it's good, for, it's good for him. Here's the thing about this lineup. You got multiple people that can get hot and carry you through a series regional. I mean, yeah. list, I mean listing off who I think could do it, Kessinger, Zabowski, Dillard. Keenan, like um, for sure. Keenan. In Olenek, mm-hmm. e- any of those guys. I mean, Olenek. Okay, not the sh- he. He's played long enough for if Lorena Olenek went and hit like 500 in a regional weekend, would anybody be? Survived?
0: No, of course not. Sometimes he just gets in a groove, and also you're, you're discounting what happened on Sunday, which is I believe if I, I believe I'm getting this right, Zabowski, Johnson, Adams as a group uh, went. I think. 12 for 15 maybe at the bottom of the lineup. They all started out four for four. So yeah,
1: something something silly.
0: That's the kind of that's the kind of production at the bottom of the lineup that this team is this team is capable of producing. So I mean I really think Cooper Johnson's coming on right now. Obviously Zabowski is. Obviously Kessner's been on. Uh and then I think guys like Dillard, they're gonna keep grinding out at bats. He, he had his first home run since the Missouri series and that in the game two win. Um I think some more will come. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, I, I think he's still a valuable part of your lineup. Like I said, I mean he's walking a lot. I do think he's getting better pitches for Keenan, um, and then guys like Keenan, I think it, he's really Keenan has not had a sophomore slump in my opinion. Uh, that 951 OPS, he has uh, let's see 97 total bases, 55 RBIs. Keenan's leading the team in RBIs. Um, there's just there's a lot of production. It's kind of they're they're finally becoming, I guess, what we thought they could be coming into the season, and uh, you know, the, the, it really raises their ceiling with everybody hitting at the same time. That's not even necessarily happening yet, but they're doing enough right now to win some big games. Um, and like I said, this is this is the biggest series of the season coming up in Oxford this weekend. Uh, I think we know now they're they're obviously not going to be scared. Um, I guess you have to hope that State maybe is going to be a little complacent after beating Ole Miss uh, in peril the way they did. Maybe they're going to think. Uh, it'll be an easy series, but I I do think that they're really seeing it well right now. You just got to hope that if Small shuts them down on Friday, first of all, you're able to get his pitch count up. But even if you're not, you you get demoralized on Friday. You have to hope you can throw it away, come back, you know, at least. And I, I think having the Casey from a mental standpoint really helps them because no matter what happens on Sunday or Friday night, I should say, I think they know they have a really good shot on saturday to be able to put some runs up because i know nakej is going to go out there and do what he does so i i think that's a great thing to have for your for the morale of your team um because if you can come back and win that game too I think you can really motivate yourself for the game three and say you know we can still win the series this isn't this isn't over yet um and it's been impressive to watch I, i'm honestly looking forward to it i think this team is um is really fun to watch i mean Hell, John, they won in Baton Rouge. I mean, what more? What more do you want? What, the Bianco's first ever series won in Baton Rouge. Uh, he's an LSU alum. Um, I think. I mean, I just think that's a that's an achievement. I got. I got to tip my hat.
1: Feels like a team. that's starting to hit stride. Yeah,
0: and hell, fifteen and nine in the SEC.
1: I, that's a damn good record. I mean, it's right where they were in fourteen. We all. Yeah.
0: They won 19 games and won the West in 14, correct? I believe that's right. Yeah. Well, within it, honestly, if they win this series against State, I think going to Knoxville against this Tennessee team is an easier task than what they had to win two out of three in College Station that year.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, you don't want to play it down too much because this team, this team has a habit of doing the occasional funky thing. Especially but against they-
0: a team like Tennessee, yeah, maybe they don't show up. But still, I think – I just all I'm saying is I think I would rather have to go win a series in Tennessee than have to win a series on College Station at the in end of the season.
1: Yes, I yeah.
0: yeah, Uh And this Tennessee team, uh, let's see, they they have a great RPI. They're sitting at number ten right now, but the conference record is uh, is not good.
1: They've um, got to win games just to secure an at large.
0: Yeah, they're ten and fourteen in the SEC right now. Um, obviously, they they have a good starting schedule. At number one, according to Warren Nolan, that's how you end up with that ten RPI. Despite losing 14 SEC games, but they have they have good pitchers. They don't have much offense, so we'll talk more about that next week. Obviously, but uh, for this week, it, it's it's all eyes on State. I think it's probably a good thing not having midweek. Um, they can just totally look ahead to that series. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be huge. It's gonna be a huge series, and uh, and hopefully hopefully good weather. No, no weather delays.
1: I hope. My gut says they play their best baseball this upcoming weekend. I'm I think right. so,
0: but I mean, our guts have been wrong a lot with the teams. Who knows? But I I do think. I do think that there, at least, this is when you want to be hitting your stride. Is uh, is going into this big of a series, with everything on the line here. Um, it's exciting, exciting times, man. Very exciting. And uh, Cooper Johnson, SC Player of the Week, didn't mention that. Congrats to him. Um, yeah, I just, I Cooper Johnson is really making some money with the bat this this spring because he was already going to go for his defense. Uh, yeah. but I, I think he's really elevating his draft stock the the way he's swinging the bat, at least from what I can what I can put together. Um, yeah. So, okay, John, we haven't talked uh, in a couple of weeks. The NFL draft happened. Um, what were your thoughts?
1: Um, Let's see. Murray, number one, wasn't a surprise.
0: Everybody kind of saw that coming. But what? He's, he's 5'11", right? That's kind of the big story there.
1: I wouldn't do that if it was me, but you know what? At least they're, they're – they're committed to a path between Kingsbury and Murray, so that'll be mm. interesting to. This be something interesting to watch.
0: Yeah, no, I like I like the storyline. I don't like you said. Yeah, if it's me making the decision. Maybe I take a defensive lineman or something, but
1: so that's that uh the giants drafting daniel jones is just beyond oh worried. that
0: was something that was like what number six pick of the draft is the first funniest, that was the funniest dumb pick i've I, seen how this. are the giants so consistently laughable i, I don't understand
1: i don't understand it used to be one of the most competent franchises in football now they've been they've had their they've had their heads up their ass every year basically since the um since they crazy the, the Eli's second super bowl so right right and
0: um, that,
1: that was wild um let's see
0: what else um, happened in the first round. No one no, miss okay. no one missed players taken on the first round. Nope. Uh, State State great. has three first rounders drafted. Um in the yep. late in the first round.
1: Yep. Jeff uh, Simmons
0: gets drafted. The first thing they mention is they, they show the video and mentioned that straight out of the gate about him abusing that or hitting that woman. I guess it's not abuse, but uh yeah, that was that was something. Um it is funny how It was the first time since like the 80s or something or 1980 or something that they've had multiple first rounders and they can't even really enjoy it because they're all just saying, wait, why did we lose the Outback Bowl to Iowa exactly? What like what the hell what's going on here? So to me, that was that was pretty funny. Um, But hey, it is what it is.
1: You got that piece of it. I think um, from the old Miss side of things, Little being the first one taken, I thought, was justified in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think it makes
0: sense, especially coming out of high school. I think that's what you have to expect. You, know, you don't necessarily expect second round, but
1: at the he's end of the gonna, day. I think he's going to be a good player in the league for yeah, a I think,
0: while. Yeah, I think Longo's offense probably hurt him um, from what I can hurt put together him. on that front. Cause every play was RPO. I mean, he wasn't able to do the tonsil thing where he's just a, a pass pro pro. You could say, you know, he has to be thinking every play about the RPO aspect of it. I think
1: that's um, tough for a left tackle. Let's see. We had a, uh, let's see. A- a- AJ a- came a- off
0: first to the Titans, right? I
1: think that makes, I think that's a good fit.
0: I think it's great for their PR, at least. I mean, there's a ton of Ole Miss fans in Nashville. I think AJ Brown can definitely be the face of a franchise, just from a PR standpoint. Um, and I think he'll he'll produce too. I mean, I think I think AJ Brown was the safer bet than DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf is more of a lottery ticket.
1: Yeah, I would have de- taken AJ over DK. With that being said, I think the Seahawks is a really good spot for DK.
0: Yeah, he can. You know, he's got a he's got a pretty good quarterback. Obviously, Russell Wilson's going to be there for a long time and just signed a big contract. But-
1: Tosses it up. DK provides height. They got a locket and other guys to complement mm-hmm. what he does. Um, should be interesting. I think Carroll, that whole cult. I mean, be late, be good. You know, I think I, I think I think DK does well there.
0: I hope so. I, I really I really hope that he's able to avoid injury. Obviously, um, and I, I just hope that he can kind of he can. I I guess. You know, maybe maybe what he showed in the combine, the straight line speed, and what we've seen him do in college, the back corner phase, maybe that's enough. And that would be great. Obviously, it's they're fun plays to watch. Uh, but if it's not enough, I hope he's able to keep adding to his game, get some good coaching, obviously better than the coaching I got at Ole Miss. Uh, you know, he seems like a good kid. Obviously, he's an athletic freak. Um, How about
1: Daw- Dawson Knox goes in the top 100? To Buffalo. He's a, he's a bill. I
0: mean, that, good that
1: for him and – his, I don't no want, touchdown I don't catches, right? Ton, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but what what Phil Longo did with this personnel is, I mean, why he, he should be banned from football? I yeah, that's
0: dead. He's uh, he's the OC at North Carolina under Mac Brown. Now that you can't write that. That's too good,
1: beyond hilarious.
0: So. It really is. That's gonna be that's gonna be a great team for us to watch, uh, just for the the laughs. Honestly, I I can't wait to see how that plays out. I can't believe Mac Brown is has hired again. That's that's insane enough, and then the fact that he hired Longo to be his OC, that's just hysterical. Oh man, I
1: forgot he even t- taken that job until you mentioned it. So. It's cr-
0: it's insane. He he was on ESPN. That was his. And he's, he was retired. Oh, it's so funny, dude. That's uh, that's the retread staff of the century right there. Um. Let's see. anybody else? Anybody else come off the board in the actual draft? Who am I forgetting? Uh,
1: good for Ken Webster to go seventh round. Absolutely
0: huge. That's kind of like a, a Tiger Woods-esque injury comeback story, in my opinion.
1: Like special teams in certain scenarios, he played for the Patriots. That'd be that'd be yeah. great.
0: He get a, gonna get a ring. Uh, what about Javon Patterson? Did he go to get drafted? I don't remember.
1: I don't think so. I don't I know. I think he'll,
0: he, he has a good chance to make a team. I mean, he's he's a solid player. Um so is that was that the only draftees uh was that
1: five guys large sign with the bucks Right yeah there, there
0: were several free agent guys um what's his face who had the fastest time at the combine uh, Zed Woods right he's a free agent somewhere um I'm forgetting there's several other guys that were free agent picks I saw the Seahawks are trying out um what's his face the the guy that got a scholarship at receiver has a really great story uh, didn't play much at Ole Miss because there were so many wide receivers. Uh, his, his name is just escaping me for the moment, but uh, he was an Ole Miss guy. Um, any any defensive players are forgetting about? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't really. I don't want to talk about football though, just because I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just so so meh. But basketball. Kadim Sai, I think, is still in play, has not visited LSU yet. Uh, he's, a, he's a JUCO guy that would be a huge impact on next year's team, a big man. Uh, so keep your eyes on that. If, if Kermit is to land a uh, commitment from Kadim Sai, I think uh, they'd be in really good shape for next year. Um, obviously, after the NBA draft, we'll know for sure that Tyree and Shuler are coming back, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's happening. I haven't heard anything to the contrary um so still excited for that excited to see what happens with that on that front uh i don't know if you follow softball at on john I, I i don't really it sounds like old miss got jobbed a little bit at georgia um they were somewhat in the running for the sc regular season championship but uh did, did not pan out they lost the series at georgia but i think they will be hosting a regional um could be something fun to watch in the uh in the postseason i, I like a little softball myself especially when it matters you know some some tournament softball so i could see myself catching some of those games um the the girl that hit the big home run last time they hosted a regional in oxford Brittany finney i think she's like a uh like our, one of our best pitchers now so there, there's something she was a freshman at the time um cool. let's see what else is going on you been watching any uh nba playoffs
1: uh keep up with it de- decently we got Rockets-Warriors
0: game four tonight, I believe.
1: Yeah, I think Dolan State wins that. It's wins two, is it
0: 2-1 right now? 2-1
1: uh, Yeah, against, Yeah, of course. It. If
0: the Rockets found a way to win, I haven't been following it, but obviously I'm a huge Rockets fan now. that I'm moving to Houston. Um, yeah. If they found a way, that would be fun if they, if they got it to 2-2, two, two, but who knows. Um, Cubs are hot right now. I know that much. They swept the cards just now. Uh, number one in the division on a really good winning streak um astros are doing well my other new team i think bregman had a walk-off uh not long ago hit a grand slam yesterday i heard uh yeah They're
1: Starting like a functional team after starting the season horrendously who are the cubs uh red sox red sox yeah
0: oh man here's something crazy so i was watching sunday night baseball last night after the old miss game i was cooking for the week a little bit cubs cards have you seen the uh the yankees injured list
1: yeah, they're they're banged up. It
0: is insane. It's like every name you've ever heard of, like Giancarlo Stanton, all their starting pitchers. Uh, I think Judge was on there. Like basically just going down it on TV. I was like, that's like their that's like all their stars. That is just crazy. Wonder how yeah. long that's gonna last for. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's obviously a long baseball season, but it's nice. It's nice that MLB is back. That's kind of the. The Buc- Buc-
1: Celtics are in the third quarter right now of Game Four. This will be really interesting. What's the series at right now? Two one Milwaukee. So Boston oh. schools in Game One in Milwaukee. Bucks respond Game mm. Two, and then go Friday night in the Garden. Thinking, okay, is Boston going to come out and take care of this and that? They get um, get outplayed in the second half. Um, Celtics team is a interesting conglomeration of talent that. Uh, yeah. They well, had
0: a pretty, a pretty bad season, right? But it's not like they're pulling it together a little bit here in the postseason. They swept
1: Indiana one game. One, you are thinking, oh, is this team right? or they get they back on track? Yeah.
0: And more, I think I think it
1: took Milwaukee a game to kind of wake up and realize this sure. is a playoff ball because the, they played the Pistons in the first round. Whoopie mm. shit! So that's kind of what it seems. What's the so What's
0: the score right now in the third quarter?
1: It is sixty seven all with three thirty six mm. left in the it's third. Good, it's only
0: a good game. All right, what's going on with hockey? You gotta update me on that.
1: Uh that's the Boston one nothing Bruins in game six. The Stars lost at home yesterday to blow a chance to advance to the Western Conference Finals, so they play game seven tomorrow night at St. Louis.
0: Mm, oh, that's interesting.
1: Uh they've won two games in St. Louis thus far in the series. We'll see where um where that goes. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes are in the Eastern Conference Finals. They'll play the winner of Boston-Columbus, and then you've got the uh, Stars-Blues winner playing the what is it? the Avalanche and the Sharks. So
2: mm, very good.
1: Uh, Boston, I guess by far from a rating standpoint, it's the most attractive draw if you're NBC rooting really mm-hmm. for somebody to get to the uh, the Cup final here. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how it's all.
0: I'd like to see the Stars uh, beat the Blues, but the Blues have a fan base as well. Um all right. Well yeah. Uh let's see. What else are we forgetting here? That's that's kinda of all I can think of. Let's see. Uh did you listen did you listen two weeks ago, John, and get your uh, your fill at Game of Thrones when me and Bedwell talked?
1: Actually did not. Did did the good rebels win? That's all I really want to know. Uh
0: yeah, so if you've been watching Game of Thrones, obviously, uh a lot of people are pissed right now. They're they're pissed off uh at the way the season's going so far. There's only two episodes left in the series. Um you know
1: Are you personally pissed off at how it's going? Me
0: not as much. So here's the thing. So last week, uh the week we took off, um, watched the episode in Mexico. Had to get a VPN so we could watch it in Mexico on our laptop. Uh it was a long ass, boring ass episode. Basically, this the big battle they've been building up to for like several seasons now. Um I won't bore you too much with the details, but basically the whole episode was just Fighting, kind of pointless, nothing really that interesting happened, just kind of a a real slog to get through. Uh, The way it was resolved in the end was kind of a deus ex machina, kind of a crazy, uh, just kind of, they were saved in kind of a silly way, I guess you could say. So that pissed people off, at least me personally, I found that really boring. This episode last night was better, it was more of a return to what people like about the show. You know, good dialogue, different settings, um, lots of different storylines, kind of going in and out of each other. People are still pissed uh, about a couple of things that happened to the episode last night. Some big developments. I think overall people are upset about, I guess, how quickly things are moving. But at the same time, like, this is the eighth season. These episodes, there's only six this season, but they're, a lot of them are, like, 90 minutes long. I just, I don't, I don't think they could end it in a way that anybody would be happy. So I see that side of it. Um, people are upset about the writing because, if you know about the show, it was based on some books originally. They've now outpaced the books so the tv writers are kind of out on their own in the wilderness as far as the way the story goes it's not necessarily any source material anymore although to all the people that are criticizing the tv writers and saying the books are so much better I, i'm pretty sure from what i've read the guy that wrote the books first of all he could have finished the series earlier he's taken this he's taken a long ass time to write the next books second of all i think he's helped the tv writers with the broad strokes of the story so i don't think he's necessarily blameless in it i just think Every almost every prestige TV show I've watched. Indians are super hard. Um, a lot of them just kind of fizzle out at the end. Breaking Bad, I thought, season five was not great, personally. Um, obviously, True Detective uh, just had season three. That's more of an anthology show, but that to me, that season was another big letdown. Uh, it starts out great, and it's really hard to finish the story, so I empathize with that. I don't know. I'm waiting to see. There's probably three hours of the show left. We'll, we'll see how everything wraps up. Maybe there'll be some... Uh, Some good twists. I just don't think everybody's ever going to be happy. So it is what it is. That's my take on it.
1: Sounds like the almost good old boys. Yeah, pretty
0: much. I mean, you can beat LSU and Baton Rouge for the first time since 1982. People are going to say you should be fired for uh, not recruiting your son and leaving Parker Crazy too too long uh, in the game and blowing a lead. So it is what it is. Nobody's ever going to be happy. Not everybody. What did Abraham Lincoln say? You can make some of the people happy all the time. You can make all the people happy some of the time, but you can't make all the people happy all the time. I think I think I see, that's what he said.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: That's pretty much it, John. Um, all right, you got anything else you want to talk about this week?
1: Is there, So there's nothing football team related to talk about, which is uh, – I don't think so. Blessed,
0: blessed I accidentally
1: me. saw their sign, current signing class for 2020 the other day, and there's like three people committed. So. Sounds
0: good. I, I've heard they got some visitors coming in this summer. I don't know. Who cares? We'll see. We'll Whatever. talk about it if we have to.
1: Sounds like Jerry and Ely's draft stocks kind of is falling. yeah. I think
0: that's kind of the biggest story right now with Ole Miss football is potentially Ely is going to be running back next season.
1: Yeah, if this team somehow made a bowl game, that'd be impressive. I,
0: yeah, I mean, I, I think Memphis is a huge swing game, and we don't have to talk about it anymore right
1: now. First um, two games are interesting. Yeah, they,
0: if they start out two and zero, Memphis and Arkansas, I, you know, I think a bowl is probably likely, but we'll see.
1: I don't know about likely. I mean, they, they'd have to. Mm, Who
0: do they draw from the
1: East? They get Mizzou.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think it might be likely at that point.
1: In Columbia, they got to replace Locke. Who is Mizzou's coach? Kelly Bryant.
0: Yeah, I think they do. But who is Mizzou's coach?
1: Uh, Odom. Kept his job.
0: See, that's just – yeah, I don't know about that. But we're not going to talk about it right now. I refuse. I refuse, John. I refuse to talk about Ole Miss football. We're in the, the glory days of Ole Miss baseball right now. Huge, huge huge series this weekend that's all i care about uh we have plenty of time to talk about football i assure you we will dissect the schedule backwards and forwards a million times over the summer so not to, not to fret my friend um all right well thank you of course for uh for coming on the show with me tonight having a little discussion like we do and again thanks for uh last week being so flexible not worrying too much about a missed episode i know uh It's very important to you that we record every week in a timely manner, but, you know, I appreciated the the week off as I was on vacation. Um, And, uh, yeah, guys, you know the normal plugs. Um, I checked our email today for the first time in a couple months. Nothing in there. So if you want to send an email, something to talk about on the show, I will check it more regularly. I promise. Dark at gmail.com. Of course, we have a website where you can see all the old episodes, um, see some other stuff on there, like Austin Miller wrote something for it, I think. But Austin Miller went and got hired by a different website, I think. I guess he wasn't happy with our compensation package. But uh, if you ever want to read what's on com, it's there for you. Uh, Twitter, we're SharksAFTRDark. Uh, we are on ArmchairAllAmericans.com. Obviously, check out our sponsors, um, SeatGeek and my MyBookie. Uh, obviously, two great companies that are uh, with us here on the show. So, yeah that's it man um that'll do it for now like i said big series coming up this weekend really can't stress that enough so keep your eye on that we'll be back next week to uh break it down no matter how it goes so for john i'm justin thanks for listening guys we'll talk to you again next week i got
2: the horses in the back horse stock is attached head is mad at black got the bushes black to match riding on a horse I've been in the valley. You ain't been up off that porch now. Nah. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. Riding on a tractor, lean all in my bladder. Cheated on my baby. You can't go and ask. My life is a mess. Yeah Baby's got a habit, diamond rings, and Fendi sports bras. riding down Rodeo in my Maserati sports car. God knows just